The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. We all get lost sometimes. Our, uh, our hearts lose their peace and become restless as they drift away from God our Father. We get lost sometimes and we, we don't know how to get back home. That's exactly why Jesus tells us a story today and calls out to you and me to remind us that no matter how it was that we got lost, we can find our Father's care again, a care that is restless in its searching and seeking until you come home. Jesus told this parable to some people who did not share his love for lost folks. Right? They were looking at him being around public sinners and saying he's associating with the wrong kind of people. So Jesus told them that story about two sons. We know the younger son pretty well, don't we? Maybe you know one of those younger sons in your life. Maybe, maybe it's the son of one of your friends. Or maybe the younger son in your life is somebody really close to you that you love. If nothing else, all of us know that younger son when he looks back at us in the mirror in those moments of honest self-reflection or we see that younger son in us. A son who would make this most ridiculous request. Who does this? Dad, I wish you were dead, so let's just act like it. Give me my share of the inheritance now. I can sever all relationship with, with, with you and I can pretend like you're dead and I can live my life the way I want to live it. He wanted life on his own terms. Do what he wants when he wants it. And I tell you what, as soon as he gets this money, he's not sticking around here anymore. Mm -mm, not a day in, day out of this kind of stuff. He wants to be free. Free from restrictions, from restraints. Free from all those do's and don'ts. Free from having to explain himself to anybody and free from that smothering love of his father and those sad eyes over the breakfast table. Out. He took the money and he set off to a distant country. And for a while, he had the freedom that he thought he wanted. Lived any way he wanted, how he wanted. Sex on his terms. Relationships that he could define. Nobody telling him what to do and not having to explain himself to a single person. Anything and everything. It's not really a surprise in the story that he burns through the money. I mean, anybody that this is this self-centered or this selfish probably fails in the area of a lot of judgment. I don't think the surprising part is that he burned through the money. The surprising part is where his freedom got him. See, he wanted to be free of his father and the great irony is he ends up binding himself to things that could in no way fulfill him. Just couldn't. Right? The great irony of the story verse, uh, is this verse I'm about to read. So he runs out of money, a famine strikes, now he's in need, he doesn't have anything, so he, he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. 
The great irony of the story is this young man who didn't want to be bound by a connection with his father ended up having to bind himself to a foreigner out of necessity. This man who wanted nothing but freedom found out that freedom from his father wasn't freedom at all. It was just a different sort of chain. This is a really important thing that Jesus is teaching us here because, you know, sometimes we can think about the Christian life as being a restricted one. People might, the world might suggest to you that if you really, if you really want to be free, well, then you need to, well, not be restricted by the do's and don'ts of your Father's will for your life. But Jesus is trying to remind us of something here, that freedom from our Father is a different, different thing than what sin promises, right? Because sin makes promises it can't deliver on. Think about a fish. You know, a fish, uh, it can breathe perfectly well underwater, can't it? But you know, it's, it's restricted. It has to stay underwater. What if you offered that fish freedom? You don't have to be stuck underwater anymore. You can experience all the freedom of dry land. That's not freedom for a fish. That's a death sentence. Right? It turns out that real freedom for that fish is to live in the place and the way that God intended it to live. That's freedom. Sin offers us these, these paltry substitutes and tries to tell us that our Father's will can't be what's best for us. But that's not freedom. Wandering away from our Father doesn't lead to freedom but to, to despair. I mean, that's where this young man found himself, right? He's in the middle of a pigsty, longing for food that pigs would eat. And for a, for a Jew, this was, it doesn't get lower than this. They, their whole life, pigs were unclean animals, I guess, I don't know, American culture, would this be like you were living in a filthy pit full of rats and you longed that you could gnaw on some of the stuff the rats were eating? Right? Rock bottom. He thinks to himself, my my father's servants have everything that they need. I'll just go back. I will recognize what I've done. Father, I've sinned against heaven against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. That's his three-point plan, and he gets up. And he goes back to his father, covered in the filth of the pigsty. What is Jesus teaching us with this younger son? Well, if we're honest, that's the story of me. It's your story. It's those days when you look in the mirror and see yourself in that younger son, covered in filth and wondering, how did I get here? We know the younger son really well. But, you know, there's another son in this story of Jesus, the older one, the boy who never left home, didn't go and waste any money. If you've heard this parable over and over again over many years of your life, maybe you're like me. When I was younger, I found it really easy to identify with the younger son. As I've gotten older, I'm finding myself identifying with the older brother a little bit more often. The one, uh, that older brother who... uh, was the responsible one. He was the good boy. He got up every day and did the work of the farm, day after day. He didn't go running off for sex and drugs. He fought for his father's approval. He thought he earned it. He worked hard. He was honorable. And then all of a sudden, everything he worked for, everything he thought that mattered was suddenly swept away in a second when the servant says, Oh, your brother's home, and your father killed a fattened calf for him. 
Paul Wendland wrote this. He said, Oh, and can't you just feel his rage when he realizes that all he's built his life on, all his past years of toil and sweat had been nothing but a cheat and a lie. Here he's been working to maintain proper standards, become deserving of his father's love, and he thought he was deserving, but then in an instant it's all swept away. Kills the fattened calf for him? And in the background, the band plays on. You know why he's angry, right? I mean, he says it when the father goes out here. He says, all these years I've been slaving away for you, and you didn't give me a goat to celebrate with my friends. But this son of yours comes back, and you kill the fattened calf for him? Are you serious? This son of yours comes back? This is just not right. Here, I've been working hard day after day after day, for your approval, and you give it away to a slob who just shows up back from prostitutes? Really? You're making a mockery of everything that's right and wrong. You're making a mockery of what's good and what's bad. None of it matters to me now, not a bit of it. You know, some get lost running away from home, and uh, some get lost without taking a step without taking a step outside of their father's house. This second son is a special word of warning for people who've been Christian their whole lives, who can fall into the way of thinking that our relationship with God is somehow, somehow based on the effort we put in or the standards to which we live. It's easy to think that God's kind of lucky to have us. Turns out, though, religion like that, a spirituality that, like that is one that revolves around ourselves, not around our God. And a spirituality like that makes us just as enslaved as the younger son was. And I gotta tell you, the first thing that seems to go is the ability to look at lost people and love them like the Father. The ability to look at lost people and to see an opportunity to welcome them into the arms of their Savior. There's nobody so lost as, as the one who thinks he never needed finding. When God's grace to us stops being amazing, well, then we don't have grace at all. We know the older son pretty well, too, don't we? But how about this father? I mean, what father would divide his estate? And even more so, what father would act like this? I mean, the Bible says the son's coming back and he sees him a long way off. This father had been watching and waiting and hoping for his son to come home. A father who, I don't know, what would you have given? Maybe a very, very cold reception to the son? That's all he deserved. I mean, this is a man who'd been wished dead by his own kid, right? But what does he do? He runs to him. He throws his arm around him and he kisses him. Jesus is telling this story that we, might, that we might stop and marvel for a minute about what God intends to do for you and me, what God's forgiveness is like. It's like a father who'd been wished dead who runs and throws his arms around the son who comes home. When we return to God, he runs to us. 
And this is what his grace is like, right? The son, he's got his plan. I'm going I'm to save my three-part plan. I've sinned against heaven against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. He starts getting it out, doesn't even get it finished. And the father yells to his servants, get a robe, get a ring, bring the sandals, kill the fattened calf. And every one of those actions held a really deep significance, right? The, the hug and the kiss meant forgiveness, Putting a robe on him, this was a restoration of dignity done with the pig filth, right? Put on this robe. Then he says, put a ring on his finger. It's a signet. It means it's not just about dignity. His authority is restored. He wasn't going to be some, some kind of son that's kept out in the bonus room. No, he's back in the main house, right? Put sandals on his feet because slaves went barefoot but not sons. Kill the fattened calf. You only did that when you were going to have a community party. He wanted everyone to know that this son was everything he wanted in the son he was back again. God wants you to hear that story and hear the story of you, of the promises he makes, of the grace that he promises. And amazingly, this father in the story, he doesn't, the story doesn't stop there. He's not just concerned about the younger son. When he hears that the older son refusing to come into the party, what does the father do also? He goes out again. Goes out to this older son, and uh, what does he do? He, uh, he's got this selfless, this seeking, this restless love pleading with his son to come into the celebration. He's willing to go out there and bear the insults, He's willing to go out there and listen to the self-righteous preaching, whether it was true or not. He was willing to do it all, to plead to his son to come, come back into his father's home. Both of those boys thought they could, have, they could take blessings from the father without a relationship with the father. And both of them found out that when you walk away from your father's home, you don't find freedom, you just find chains. But both of them found a father who would not stop, who would plead with them to come home. Here's the thing. Jesus knows that some days you look in the mirror and what you see staring back at you is the younger son covered in the filth of the pigsty. And you wonder, how did I get here? And he knows that in other days you look in the same mirror and you see staring back at you the older son covered in his self-righteousness and selfishness. And every day, Jesus wants us to turn from that mirror and see the Father. A Father who runs and hugs and forgives the Son. A Father who goes out to a Son and begs him to leave his lostness out in the field and come into the celebration. We have a Father whose restless love will not stop seeking and pleading until we come home and join the party. God grant it. Amen.